and welcome to Level Up and Friends. Uh, we're continuing our free comic book day 2023 uh, talent extravaganza where I'm chatting with a couple of our uh, guests and the people who are attending uh, ahead of time. Um, I'm Scott and joining me this week is Crystal Velasquez. <laughs> Hi, Crystal. Welcome for welcome. Welcome to the podcast. First time I've had you on, even though you've been we've been hosting in the store for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. Down to Miss Landing, yeah. Say we missed a couple years there because there was some mild unpleasantness going on in the country. I mean, a little hiccup, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) small small global hiccup, (laughs) yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, thank thank you for joining me. Um, uh, sure, thanks for having me, of course. So, I wanted to start with uh, how did you get into writing? Well, um, I mean, I was always an avid reader as a kid. And, you know, I read as much as I possibly could. And I started writing in high school, you know, short stories and poetry, things like that. Um, So then when I went to college, I majored in creative writing. And um, toward the end of that, I I wasn't sure what I was going to do with that (laughs) exactly. Um, So I I saw an ad for NYU's um, magazine and book publishing summer institute so i decided to do that to try to get into book publishing because i figured well, if i could be around books and authors maybe I, that would help me edge mm-hmm. my way into writing and it did and so um but i was there for a few years before i actually pursued it and then one day i was searching on craigslist actually the job list- listings and yeah. an editor at scholastic was looking for a writer to write this kid book series. So I just applied, I sent in my resume and a writing sample and that's how I got to write the Mayan Miguel books. Right. And, yeah, and then one one project led to another, led to another. And here I am 20 something books later. I mean, that is the ideal thing is one project will lead to another. Yeah. But I did this one thing and then nobody called me back. No, no. <laughs> they're fools. Well, you know, you said you grew up with, with books and whatnot. Like, what were some of your favorites? Because you, I think you write mainly for kids, right? I do. Or like do. young, young, or like in all ages. I don't know how you would describe it. I mean, I because I've written some for young readers, like five to seven year olds. I've mm-hmm. written a lot of middle grade fiction. That's for eight to 12 year olds. And I've written a couple of uh, young adult novels that were only published by Random House Germany. So. Oh, I mean they're in German but I have written for older people once and then oh I I did write six mini comic books for Xenoscope that were for adults so it's kind of all over the place but um as far as my reading preferences when I was younger I read a lot of Stephen King (laughs) and um The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe you know I read a lot of Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew type stuff um yeah I read my fair share of Hardy Boys. I was more of a Sherlock Holmes guy, though, when I was. Oh, a kid. really? I don't. Um, I think because that's so. My mom's a librarian, so I okay. describe it as like I kind of grew up in the library because during the summers, not every day they could have someone watching us, and my brother and I was be in the library all day. Right. It was either like you know we could rent a VHS tape and watch that, or like just read. Um, but I don't know. There was always like my mom was a big. Sherlock Holmes person so that's kind of how I got introduced at least to the the mystery genre um, yeah that makes sense it's funny I, you mentioned Lion, Witch and Wardrobe like I think my my grandmother gave me that whole series when I was a kid 
Mm-hmm. I don't remember where it came from. I just remember I had it and I just couldn't get into it. But like I didn't have like a big fantasy series. Because it seems to be people are either into Narnia or Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was into both. I mean, yeah, I actually I reason not to be into both, but I didn't I didn't get into either. I mean, I I think uh you have to give it more of a chance, I think. I didn't get into Lord of the Rings until like my senior year of high school. That's when I tried reading it too, and I got like a hundred pages in and they've gotten like five feet out of the shire. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I know. You yeah. do have to be patient. That is the one thing I'll say about the movies. I think they made really smart edits because they just get to it faster. Yeah, I, I know I have friends that are really into the Lord of the Rings books and they really don't like the movies because they're like, well, Tom Bombadil's on it. I'm like, he serves no purpose to the story. He, he doesn't. I'm, I was fine with him being edited out, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy the movies, but I also like, I think Peter Jackson knows how to put a movie together. That's he does. a little bit of a different conversation. I don't yeah. particularly like his Hobbits because I do like the Hobbit book. Right. Like it's kind of like more simple and fun. Yeah, I agree. Lord of the Rings. I just my thing is that in the books, Frodo finds out that he's got this ring of power, and it's legit like fifty years before he goes anywhere. And then yeah. Gandalf finally comes back. He's like, you know, you should go now. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that the movie made it more immediate and more like, okay, this is yeah, the let's start with the Feels like yeah, that's how a story should go. Like, I, right. not saying J.R.R. Tolkien is a bad writer. I I. I I really respect the Lord of the Rings because it's the kind of the fantasy groundwork for like everything that's ever come after it. Much, that's, yeah. part, that's part of why I can't get into it as much because it's like, I've seen elves and dwarves and all this stuff my whole life. And it's just like, it's like the most simple thing, like version of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But like, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I didn't have like that fantasy series growing up, like book series that I got into. And I don't know why. Because I really like fantasy stuff. Like, I play, like, two games of D&D a week for years now. Okay. So it's obviously something I'm, like, interested in. But so I don't I know. Mean, everybody needs their way in. Just like, you know, when I talk to some people who are like, oh, I was never a big reader, not a big reader. But they say, but I like comic books. But I like this. Like, that means you're a reader. It doesn't matter that you don't read Dostoevsky. I mean, <laughs> whatever you like to read, whatever you enjoy, that's your way in. So, yeah. Yeah, I was more of a sci-fi or like pulp adventure, like novel yeah. reader. It's like a lot of Asimov and stuff like that. That was more my jam. I guess yeah. I guess you could say Harry Potter. I was really into that was coming up, but it started oh, coming yeah. up when I was I was older. Like yeah, I guess I was young reader age. Right. I don't know where the cutoff is for that. But yeah, I don't know if there is a cutoff anymore, really. It didn't finish <laughs> till I was after, out of high school, so that'll give you some idea, I guess. Well, those books came out when I was in my first job post college. So <laughs> the first, the, it's funny, like the first one I got, because again, because my mom was a librarian. So she's like, I heard the series is going to be really big. So she gave, she just picked up a copy of Sorcerer's Stone before anyone had heard about it. Yeah. And it just was sitting in the house, sitting in the house. I was like, it's a book my mom wants me to read. I don't feel like reading it. And then there was one summer night I just could not get to sleep. And yeah. I was just like, well, I'll start reading something. And then I couldn't mm-hmm. put it down. Yeah, that's the thing. That's and then I found I was like, because it already had like the next like one or two in in England. I was like, oh my god, there's more. And then I got the English versions of them. You're right. You know, with color with the U and stuff. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Exactly. But, uh, and I, think, I think I got more into science fiction and fantasy because of my first job out of college because I started at Tor Books. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Tor Books is that's what they specialize in is sci-fi and fantasy and. I went in for the interview and 
my future boss was asking me like so are you into science fiction fantasy and my immediate answer was like no that's not really my thing I, you know, yeah. I was very much into literary fiction and then I'm looking at their backlist and like oh except I've read that oh I like that oh <laughs> kind yeah, of you don't realize how much you consume after a while even if you don't think of yourself as like a fan of that genre exactly yeah, yeah. But that's part of what's fun about like books is like it does it kind of doesn't like we're talking about fantasy and sci-fi and stuff but really what it comes down to is like the characters and like the human experience which is universal across whatever story you're telling i agree you know and that that's general like i kind of don't really care about genre as long as it's good right and that's the thing i you know when i was studying creative writing in college it was the focus was so heavily on literary fiction which is, I mean, it's great. I love literary fiction, nothing wrong with that. But they had a real bias against anything with a plot, <laughs> anything yeah. with, you know, that had a high concept. They, you know, they kind of disrespected that. And yeah. so now, as I'm reading more and more of it and working on it myself, like, it's they're not mutually exclusive. You can have good writing and an exciting, interesting story, plot, you know, oh. otherworldly settings. All those things can combine together. Yeah, like I know one of the an effort I made when I when I was in high school is like I'm gonna read all of the classic like horror things mm. like you know Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Bram Stoker, oh, yeah. Dracula, like H.G. Wells' Invisible Man, like all that stuff. Like, and that was fun to kind of go into. And like, I also like history and stuff. So like, watch like reading books from different time periods, you can kind of see how styles and tastes evolve. Yeah, definitely. Like that's kind of fascinating too, you know. I agree. I actually did a a paper on Frankenstein when I was in college. Frankenstein is really good. It is. And I had no idea cuz I hadn't read I hadn't read it when I was a kid. And so yeah. reading it in college was interesting cuz I compared it to all the movies that had come out. Yeah. And about, like how far afield they had gone from the book. And don't don't misunderstand me. I love the universal horror movies in general. Like you know, sure. and I think the Frankenstein series is probably the best out of those. Yeah, it's a debate between that and Dracula. And then I don't want to get into that because then it's like the Spanish version of the original Dracula is better. Oh than, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> but I like I like all of those movies in general. But like, yeah, it's it's crazy how different they are. Yeah, like, I mean, the monster in general in got the a personality. Book, you know, the monster is super intelligent and eloquent and sweet. <laughs> Yeah. It's actually very well, like, nice. Society is the, the monster, you know? Exactly. And so the movies really undermine that whole message. And But, you know, it was the 30s. They were very pioneering in their way. Like, Because yeah. I, I know, um, I think Dracula didn't have a score. I think Frankenstein was the first one to have a score. Mm. Something we take so for granted now. Right. It, it's something like that. I forget the exact uh, piece of his, like, trivia historical trivia with those movies yeah um but yeah um but yeah so you know you've you've done so we say you've done more prose or more more prose than a graphic novel uh yeah i mean because i've i've written one graphic novel um i wrote one like fully illustrated young reader and then i wrote six mini comic books but other than that, they've been, yeah, mostly middle grade fiction. What's like, just as just, I'm curious from just the creative process, like standpoint, like how do you approach the two different mediums? Do you approach them differently? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was definitely a learning curve because as a writer, I tend to be pretty long-winded and mm -hmm. that's not, you can't be when you're writing a graphic novel or a comic book. You know, you only yeah. have 
you have very limited space. So you have to learn to be more succinct and let the art do the talking for you for the most part. So it was interesting kind of learning that process. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was lucky to have editors who were willing to kind of walk me through it. And I just read a lot of graphic novels. I read a lot of comic books to kind of get the feel for it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, in general, my, my natural inclination is to write out really long with it. In yeah. So you don't, you literally should not be getting descriptive in your writing in the comics because that's what you're paying an artist to do. Exactly. And the artist will, the illustrator will be quick to tell you that, like, yeah. let, let me do that part, <laughs> you know, because I mean, there's no need to repeat in dialogue what you're going to see on the page anyway, you know? Yeah. Like, look, that guy's wearing a red shirt. You don't need to do stuff like that. Ex exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it was, what was interesting about that too, is I'm, I'm not an artist. But you do have to think visually when you're writing a book like that, because you you have to write the art for the artist. You have to tell them, this is how I want the panel to look. You know, this character should be in the foreground. This You should see this in the background or this should it should be a nighttime scene or, you know. I guess it translates way. instead of being like descript just descriptive text. You mm -hmm. have to do it more like stage or like not stage direction, but like I guess stage direction. is the Yeah, term. kind of. I was thinking yeah. more like a little bit more like a movie script where you have to like kind of plan out your scene. It pretty much is like that because you have to describe, you know, you have to decide how many panels are going to be on the page and then describe each panel in detail, what it should look like, and then provide the dialogue. Yeah. Or, and then, or, like, so you said you were reading some graphic novels and, and comics to to kind of get your get your bearings on how, how that, was there any, like, interesting ones that stood out to you that you read? Well, I read the whole um, Phoebe and her unicorn series. Okay. <laughs> because my my that's a long series isn't it it is but it's so cute it's, yeah. it's so great i mean it's really well written and funny and clever and just you know a new take on a girl and unicorn story yeah um i mean especially because the graphic novel that i wrote was humorous it was, it was funny it was aimed at girls you know it was called just princesses so yes, it, play, it played with like the fantasy tropes and stuff so yeah definitely which i I know that Phoebe and her unicorn, I don't think, I think it's, she's a kid in modern times and has a unicorn, right? Yes. Yeah. So like, it's not really, like I just, a, a unicorn is a fantasy genre creature. Right. But, like, I just associate that, you know, like that, that to me makes more sense in a book like Just Princesses. Oh, there's princesses and stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> but that's what was part of the funny, you know, the funny part about Phoebe and her unicorn, that this unicorn completely did not belong in this world. But yeah. And that, I mean, that's fun too, so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I read that and I read um, Sister and Smile and. Oh, read... um, by Raina Talagar. Oh. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Yes, but you, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do know what books you're talking about. Yeah, uh, so I read those just um, to see like a realistic kind of realistic fiction in graphic yeah. novel form. And my nephew lent me The Watchmen, so I read that. I was wondering if Watchmen was one of them. That's like the kind of the that's kind of the Moby Dick of comics. Like exactly, that's the one yeah. that like lit it's like the literary scholar pick. Yeah, which, don't get me wrong. I love Watchmen too, but like, mm -hmm. I, it it is one of those ones where I, I I was kind of I'm kind of glad you did some more fun ones too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the one of the things I like to recommend for like people that want to study comics and how to to do them, and it's gonna sound really silly, but like the Carl Barks like Donald Duck adventure comics. Oh really? So like 
Disney's books were all anthologies with like different uh, creative teams at the time. They've yeah. since collected them by like because they were never credited, but they've since collected them now as like by by the creators. Okay. Um, and Carl Barks was he was known as the good duck artist um, because his stuff was so good. Because you so you either got like a one page thing, so you either yeah. got to do six panels and like have to tell a story in that, which more right. often than not was some sort of joke. Right. Um, or you got 10 pages and he would tell these huge world spanning sweeping adventures. Like everything you think of when you think of like DuckTales is from that. Wow. And he would tell full like adventure stories in 10 pages and they'd be like wildly different from each other. Like one where they go to like a cowboy setting versus like a sea tale where they're like fighting Vikings and stuff. Like they're really yeah. cool. But it's worth studying them just to see like the economy of time. That's the thing. Yeah. That's very hard to do. 10 it's pages is less than half of a modern comic on stands. Yeah, that's that's real talent if you can yeah. tell a full story in that short of a space. But like I I when people like talking about studying comics, like that's one of the ones I like to point to. Okay. Or just just in terms of like pacing and whatnot. I, I, I find them fascinating. I genuinely enjoy them too. They're from like the forties and stuff, so some stuff in it hasn't aged super well. Well, sure. <laughs> so I can't wholeheartedly recommend them entirely, but the books that yeah. they've been doing they have like people that like kind of present them with the historical context with like you meet indigenous type people and it's like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets hairy but mo- that's very small part of the books it's just it happens sometimes yeah you know when you tell like because they have a lot of roots and like pulpy adventure stuff so right right voodoo things are kind of like occasionally pop up and it's just like Ugh. Like, yeah, like, that's yeah. unfortunate. But I do, I do really enjoy them, and most of more, most of the books that they release do not have is, like issues like that in it. Okay. But I, I am just as a historical preservationist. I do, I am glad that they do preserve that and present them in a historical aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically like like Disney releasing all their stuff and just you know attaching I mean, a warning to some of them <laughs> i have a copy of der Fuhrer's face in comic form somewhere because oh goodness because well, what they used to do is they'd make the shorts and then they'd make a comic book along or a comic like story alongside it so they can reprint that and it's easy to distribute right. so in the wartime it wasn't showing donald tuck as a nazi wasn't so bad okay. uh, <laughs> you know right now they kind of like bury stuff like that yes so uh, but that i mean it's one of my that and that's one of my favorite pieces of like obscure Disney stuff just because it's so absurd and yeah I, I do love Donald Duck and it's it's a dream sequence it's not he's not actually a Nazi thank but goodness for that it's like a it's like they're doing like a parody of their society at the time because it's it was all propaganda this just the government did commission Disney and other animation studios to literally make propaganda right so. Right. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't, again, the historical aspect of a lot of this stuff I find very fascinating. It is fascinating. I mean, I, I'm just finding out that a lot of the Disney movies I've seen were edited already, that they had edited some more of the objectionable scenes out before I ever yeah. saw them. Like, there was this whole scene in Fantasia that I had never seen before, and I just saw it on TikTok for the first time. Oh, <laughs> like, oh the, I don't remember the song, but it's like the, the centaur one, right? Yes, that's yeah. the one. That's um, I was like, "Whoa, okay." No, yeah, so like I always wonder, like, what are they going to do with Peter Pan? <laughs> they have a whole song that's kind of offensive. Yeah, like, Ooh. but yeah, it, it, again, it was a different time. I'm not. 
Yeah, next season. Yeah, it, even even for the time, it wasn't good. Yeah, even but... if it's, I'm not I'm not trying to excuse it, but like, I also don't think Peter Pan's a very good movie in general. But that's a different conversation. Yes, it is. <laughs> I I think it's even as a kid, I thought it was super boring. My friend Kendall will argue with me that's like one of his favorite movies, but uh you know he might what did you like when you were a kid because you didn't like uh lord of the rings you didn't like lion the witch in the wardrobe you don't like Peter. so (laughs) i so my i when i was a kid i loved i loved a cup so i was a kid it was the 80s so it was a couple of big franchises like dominated i was huge in the ninja turtles Uh, oh yeah ghostbusters uh the real ghostbusters i loved as a kid like i liked a lot of saturday morning cartoons um me too some of my favorite my some of my favorite movies when i was a kid like have held up yeah um, like, i love well i loved the, the ghostbusters movie but like i had a copy of uh raiders of the lost ark on vhs that i wore out oh yeah um you know so there and like i like a lot of plenty i you know i did grow up on a lot of like the old disney okay features as well i'm the, uh, I'm a kid of the 80s too so i liked a lot yeah. of that type of stuff so yeah like 100%. i'm not gonna pretend my tastes are super like highfalutin <laughs> like I, I like those are black like back to the future i love that as a kid i love it as an adult like that's that's pretty mainstream you know yeah sure um i agree but like you know i loved i like don bluth movies stuck out more to me that versus disney like it helped that land before time had dinosaurs so i oh, loved yeah. i loved that movie but like i love an american tale that's one of the ones i've grown to like more the older i got like mm-hmm. now it makes me cry you know, yeah. like oh, it's nostalgia. It's, just, it's so great. It is but great. Again, the, it's the universal storytelling thing. Like, yeah, they're dinosaurs or whatever, but like, you're still dealing with like human emotions and absolutely like, human characters and event. Like, I like a lot of adventure stuff, so I don't know okay. if I made that clear. But um, we got a little off topic there. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. That's the whole point of having a podcast is just to talk about stuff. Good. I'll be honest with you. One of my favorite things in the world to do is talk creative projects with creative people because we all have like different approaches and and thoughts on like just the how things are made and i find it i always find it fascinating um not even just to discuss it but just like like this is the kind of podcast i like to listen to you know oh yeah definitely but um i've I've learned okay sorry what's up oh no i was just gonna say i've i've learned a lot about putting stories together from my current job which you know i hadn't done before I, i work for a book packager now that's my day job Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we put together stories for kids and, you know, they, so they tend to be kind of group projects. Yeah. And I find like a lot of, if you get the right people, of course, uh, collaboration mm-hmm. is super fun. Oh yeah. Like, I, like, I, I, like I mentioned, I played a bunch of D and D earlier and like, so one of the games I, I run, so I, I DM it, but like, oh. I don't plan out any details. Cause as far as I'm concerned, it's not my story. It's mm-hmm. our story. Right. Because the players like always come up with like more interesting ideas and like they dictate cooler things yeah. than I'd come up with. The trick is just to be like being able to you have your improv muscles like nice and ready to go, right. and just basically pretend like every like when they figured something out that that was what your plan was. <laughs> and you seem brilliant in in comparison. Exactly. Like, but, like that's, that's, what, that's what makes it, that's what makes those games fun. It's just like yeah, we're telling a story together when you get it right. Yeah, definitely. My one of my coworkers actually, her husband is a dungeon master. <laughs> yeah. He runs he runs these games. Yeah, so they were excited when the movie came out. I hear it's good. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. It's one of those things like I've been burned too many times by D and D projects. 
Everybody that I've seen that reviewed that movie, if they were into D and D or not, they all said they liked it. They all said it was really fun and. If, like, if I trouble trouble, I can't get to the theater as much as I used to, or as much as I want to. Just so busy, especially this time of year. Yeah. Um, both at home and at work. Um, but you know, I'm not going to dock myself on the podcast too much with the home. <laughs> you know, getting ready for free comic book day takes a lot of takes a lot of energy out of me. Plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone in my circle of friends is way more excited for Mario, which just came out. Right. So I'm okay. probably going to go see that with them. Okay. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine, but like it's illumination. Like they don't, the movies they make, I'm not the target audience for. So like, right. But you know, I'm more excited to just go out and hang out and have a night out with friends. And yeah, see. definitely. It's the way to be social. Then like, oh no, what's, how's Mario going to defeat Bowser? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like somehow I feel like Mario's going to win in the end. I think he'll yeah. be all right. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to dismiss that kind of stuff because I, yeah. I'm sure if this came out when I was a kid, I'd be so excited for it. Yeah. Look, I spent many a summer addicted to super mario brothers <laughs> trying to save that princess and when i finally yeah. saved her i was very excited so i've still never beat the original game really i can oh, get to the last i can get to the cold. last level and then it's got that you have to go a certain path or, or otherwise yep. you, it loops i can yep. never figure it out and at this point it's like i know i can look it up yeah like i haven't um i mean uh, i i have a gamer older brother so yeah. you know he was very much in to like no there's a secret box here if you go down this tunnel hey, there <laughs> i'm the older brother and i failed my responsibilities no ah, yeah. i found the problem <laughs> yeah. but um so what kind of stories haven't you written yet that you would like to tackle you, i mean i i would like to try my hand at horror one day because i i read so much of it growing up i would like to try and see if i can do it i mean i'm not saying i can't i but i'll give it a shot uh, horror for like what age group? Like, are you thinking like more like a Goosebumps or like a Stephen King? Ah, uh, I guess. I know you said you were a Stephen middle. King person. I am a Stephen King person. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I would like to write for adults eventually. Would be nice, just because <laughs> there's, there's fewer restrictions. There's so many things that you can't do, you know, when you're writing for kids, or you know, when you have kids as your protagonists there are limitations to it because i mean there are just some things like well how are we going to get this kid from point a to point b they can't drive you know <laughs> so, like, yeah not even just thinking just like in terms of like you know your your tvma content just like yeah yeah how am i going to get a kid across the country can't drive a car right <laughs> you know so there's just logistics in the way and then there are just language things even i mean when i was writing one of the first maya miguel books i had one of the kids say oh my god and they were like, no, you can't do that. It's, you can't have religion and books for this age group. Or I, whatever. I said, oh, my but, God, when I was a kid. Right. And uh, so I didn't think anything of it. And then I had like one one new kid started at school and the girls thought he was dreamy and they thought that was too much for the age group. So I was like, OK, so there's a All lot right. of restrictions in writing for younger kids. There's a lot of words you can and can't say. And, you know, so I would Reasons like to write for adults extreme. eventually. Yeah. there's just a little bit more freedom in it i think but okay. um but i i do like um i don't know the ya genre i think is interesting um i like i've written a lot of middle grade at this point so i'd like mm -hmm. to write for slightly older and try my hand at that sure so horror some magic realism maybe and i would eventually like to write literary fiction i have i do have an idea of mine sort of based on my family so okay one day 
I will get well, to it's, it. It's good to know that there's things you can do that would be exciting or, or refreshing. Oh, yeah. And and then I've been told by friends of mine that they're disappointed in me that I have not tried writing for TV or <laughs> haven't tried playwriting yet. I mean, so, is, is that something you want to do? It would be interesting. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it would be stressful, though. I can imagine, yeah not used to because i mean book writing the process is long you know there are yeah. months that go by with tv writing and i think even with magazines it's the deadlines are much 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 tighter yeah now that every tv show i like has a podcast where they talk about every episode in the creative process yeah uh, it sounds like a nightmare where they have to like write like a like a, a whole episode like over and over over a week and then it's got to get shot Right. And then they have to immediately move on to the next one. And they're like up all night. Yeah. Like, I can't. I'm too stressed out just hearing about this. I know. It sounds very stressful. But I guess I think of it sort of like a comedian might think of, you know, working at SNL for yeah. at least a couple of years, that it probably gives you really good chops. Like if you can do that. Fair. Can, That's fair. Because, yeah. yeah, they have to crank out how many sketches a week. Right. And to be fair, most of them aren't great. In Most of them aren't great, but you know, it, ones that hit like we talk about for years, you know. Yeah, exactly, and it kind of just keeps you in this constant creative mode all the time, and you know. So imagine, like, if you can do something sort of good under intense pressure. Imagine what you can do when you have time. Yeah. So. Yeah, See, I think that'd be good training. Yeah, sometimes I think like limitations like breed a lot more creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, like something like that, like. I might need a deadline hang, like a hard deadline hang over my head versus like if yeah. I set my own and like I can do it like months from now, I might just meander and like never move that's on true. from whatever I'm on. Right. But everyone, you know, everyone's different. No, I mean, that's that's why a lot of the projects that I have that I have done have been writing for hire projects. So I do mm -hmm. have a deadline to someone. They are waiting for it, you know, whereas right. I've started a short story of my own years ago I still haven't finished it i've written 20 books since then but i haven't finished that yeah. short story yeah i mean every every project and every person is different you got to find what works yeah. for you obviously you wrote 20 more books than i have so <laughs> you know it's working for you <laughs> they've been short ones though yeah. <laughs> Little ones. Hey, i mean a lot of the books i've written you're putting points not, on the board you know i'm, I'm yeah that's yeah. what i'm trying to do <laughs> that's what i'm trying to do i mean a lot of them have been chapter books they're very you know short and sweet but books nonetheless right. i mean what are a couple of like tips you might give someone who might be interested in, in writing even as a hobby not not or like you know not necessarily professionally but okay well i mean the number one thing that i tell people is that you have to read you have to be a reader if you want to be a writer i've met a lot of aspiring writers who tell me that they don't like to read and they never read books and it's obvious <laughs> and you know that's when I bonkers to me like how do you even want to become a writer then i yeah exactly i i think a lot of people think it's easy and they just think oh if they just write down their stream of consciousness that's all it takes and that's simply not true and the best way to see how to do it well is to read other people's work who have done it well you know and see how they do it and yeah, yeah. also get a feel for what what is already out there what's already been done yeah, I was going to say, like, write, writing is an art form, but, like, there is a science to it. Yes, there is. And people have figured it out. We've been writing as a species for a very long time. Exactly. Like, I highly recommend at least taking one class, if you're, you know, at least yeah. learn a little bit about the craft, 
you know, there there is a craft to it. It's not just stream of consciousness. There, you yeah. know, there is there are some basic rules to learn. And once you, you break them later, but yeah, I was gonna say yeah, you can yeah. Once you know what they are, like you've got that, like you got the fundamentals, then you can play around with stuff. Sure. Just like we talked about Dracula earlier, that's written very bizarrely, where it's like each chapter is like either a character's journal or it's like a newspaper article. Yeah. It's some. It's it's not telling like a story traditionally. It's like yeah. a bunch of like articles around exactly. the story exactly. and like that's kind of really fun that makes it fun to read you know absolutely like i i've written when i was in college i read um also gene tumors came and that mm -hmm. book is just it's a mix of poetry and prose and you know all kinds of sort of different ways of telling a story and they all kind of feed into each other it's not linear but it it works so, yeah uh I'm going to be talking to Fred Van Lent soon. Um, and he wrote a comic series called Ivar Timewalker. And I'm going to talk to him about it because it's like first half of it, I was like, all right, whatever. And then there's like a reveal halfway through it. Cause it's a time travel story yeah. that retroactively made everything before it makes sense and become better. Ah, uh, like yeah. my mind I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. It was bad before, but I was like, I wasn't as into it as some of his other stuff. Right. Right. That's, so like, that's it's, great when you can pull something like that off. Yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. So I'm going to gush about him when I talk, when he's on the podcast next week. Okay. <laughs> um, so. so, and then my, my other tip is always to keep a journal because um, you forget a lot of things that you see just, you know, in your day-to-day -day life details that can become part of your work, but it's so easy to forget those things. And I find that writing it all down, it's good writing practice mm -hmm. and it's helpful, you know, to mine for later when you need details about something you experience that you might want to put into your work it's it's just great to have a, a written record but it is just good writing practice it is storytelling yeah oh and yeah and you never know what's going to be material and plus it keeps you sharp you know yeah absolutely so yeah i mean it's it's cliche to say you should you know keep in the practice of writing if you know even if you don't think what you're gonna write is any good it doesn't matter just write something down but it's true they're right you know yeah. it's a muscle you have to keep practicing all right um crystal thank you so much for joining me oh thank you for having me no problem this was a fun, very fun conversation we could probably go on for much longer but i don't want to bore everyone <laughs> plus, right. plus uh they can come talk to you about it in person on may 6th yes they can yeah so, uh, oh and i i did want to say i do i did write a second graphic novel so that's going to come out next year so oh nice yeah. Can we talk about it at all? Or? I can't yet, but as soon can you as talk I about can. who's publishing it? Uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure right. if I'm allowed well, to say. I don't want you to get in trouble, so we don't okay. have to say anything. Right. I won't say anything, but uh, but I'm excited about it. So Yeah. All right. Again, yeah. thank you so much. We'll see you on May sixth. And uh thank you for right. for joining me and thank you at home for listening. Great. Thank so, you so much. I can't wait to see you. All right, have a good one. Thanks, you too.